Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks brought to you by PolyScience. This is Patricia Miller, Managing Editor for Cannabis and Tech Today. So let's talk about robotics. Uh, a lot of people kind of wonder, are, are robots coming for my job? Um, well, is your job super monotonous? Does it offer any creativity? Because for cannabis, like a lot of other industries, production is often the most repetitive and kind of precise part of a company's output. Um, and especially for the cannabis space, precision is important because it equals compliance. So to talk about kind of the expanding role of robotics and automation in the industry, we're sitting down with Notal Partansky, co-founder and CEO of Sorting Robotics. So thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. So I know you just got back from a big trip, um, and I appreciate you kind of fighting the jet lag to to talk with us and share your insights. Um, this is kind of a really quickly expanding sector, I think, for every industry, but cannabis is sort of in a unique position, right, to kind of come out the gate with a lot of automation. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we dive into it, can you tell me sort of what was your background before finding yourself in the uh, cannabis automation space? Yeah, so um, my personal background is actually I'm an aerospace engineer. And before starting Sorting Robotics, me and my co-founders were working at NASA JPL, building um, you know, robotic systems. And um, I actually built a device that's currently on the surface of Mars, producing oxygen from the atmosphere of Mars on the Perseverance rover. So it's an instrument called MOXIE. I was one of the lead mechanical engineers on that project. So um, I spent, you know, four years doing that. And then in the last year, kind of moonlighted um, in this company. Initially, we actually didn't do robotics for cannabis. We did inventory management robotics and then got into a startup accelerator called Y Combinator and then raised some funding and then focused our efforts in cannabis because back in 2019, when we kind of reshifted the company, there really wasn't that much automation in cannabis. And even now there's really not that much. Um, but I think the industry has kind of gotten some you know, uh, authentic players in the space. So kind of what you mentioned very briefly in the beginning, some of the new markets are starting with automation as opposed to starting with manual. Yeah. Well, what what sort of inspired you to to get into this sector? It seems like a big leap from Mars to to cannabis yeah so uh it wasn't direct um right we made this kind of first product and then we noticed that that product was servicing a very small market so when it was me and my co-founders that was nice for just a few of us um but we wanted to find something bigger and uh we all were pretty positive towards the cannabis sector and Honestly, even when I was working at NASA, I was talking to some of my friends that were like delivery drivers or bartenders or whatever. And it's like, yeah, what can I build? Like, do you think there's something that um, that the industry needs? And they didn't really know because they weren't on really the manufacturing side of things. And mm-hmm. um, and so when we like had this company and we were kind of building actual products and selling it to people, we looked back into the cannabis space and then we had the access of the network of Y Combinator, which is a 
huge kind of startup community and investment firm. And uh, we were able to talk to some people like uh, like the founders of Navis, uh, a couple other founders like um, like Canix and stuff like that. And so we kind of knew a few people that were at high level that could see a lot of problems. Um, and then that kind of opened up our eyes to the issues. And we were like, okay, cool. This is a huge market. It's going to be growing. It's not being serviced at all by the big um, you know, automation companies that could come in and really you know, actually give the industry what it needs and just because of its legal status. So, okay, so we live in a gray area. Startups are a good gray area and um, this seems like a good space to be in. So it was more of a, uh, we were looking for a bigger market. Cannabis was a bigger market. We liked cannabis and we finally found problems that we could solve. And so we decided to solve them. So tell me about the problems you are solving with sorting robotics. What what kind of sets you guys apart and what are you hoping to address for the industry? Yeah, so um, our first couple of products that we started, uh, we actually helped build a, um, a co-packing company up in Oakland um, back in 2020. So we could actually learn about the industry. Um, I'm a pretty big advocate of knowing your customer by being your customer. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I was the CEO of that company for almost three years until we rolled it into a much larger company. Uh, but that uh, that entity taught us a lot and acted like our research and development facility up in Oakland. We're based in L.A., so it was um, pretty close by comparatively. And um, through that process, uh, you know, learned all about the industry, you know, distribution, manufacturing, logistics, like metric compliance the whole process right and um and so from that arose a few problems that seemed pretty um obvious to tackle and so the first one which was kind of in its infancy back in 2020 2021 um was infused pre-rolls and so we had a customer come to us and ask us to make the kind of fuzzy style joint uh like the jeter style joint so we made that and it was kind of a mess. It was very spillage intensive. It was very labor intensive. And I just kind of took that experience and said, okay, you know, this is not this. I don't see the future ever being like this. Mm-hmm. And so um, I took that experience and took it back to the robotics company. And we decided to build the Jico robot, which is our infused pre-roll robot. Basically, it takes joints or blunts or whatever you want to infuse and it injects it with a needle down the center of that joint, creating a column of concentrate. And uh, and that's like our first product. That's what we started selling last year. Um, we've sold a lot this year and uh, there's pretty good adoption um, of that piece of technology. And is it something you've um, adapted from uh, other spaces or is this completely unique to, to cannabis? Yeah, it's um something that I'm really proud of is that we don't take designs from other spaces we look at cannabis as a specific material handling problem and apply just a first principles approach to solving that material handling problem so we looked at cannabis concentrate um, at that point you know we knew a lot of different cannabis concentrates because we were packaging concentrate at the co-packing facility 
And so we said, okay, um, you know, people want to inject distillates, but they also want to inject batters and then live resins and rosins. So what can we design that can handle all of those materials and still be precise, giving the customer like a consistent product? And, um, and so we designed it from the ground up for that. And we designed it for this phase in the industry, because what you'll see is some automation companies have tried to like spin off little baby automation companies and come to this space. And then they design uh, massive devices, like these multi-million dollar machines that can maybe fill, you know, a hundred thousand vape cartridges in an hour. And it's just like, great, no one needs that <laughs> so <laughs> like there's i don't know a single customer in the world that's gonna need to make a hundred thousand vape cartridges in an hour so <laughs> who are you building this for um but it's because they're taking their knowledge from other industries and they're trying just to like copy and paste it here but cannabis is very different right the culture is very different the market is very dynamic the market isn't even really a market yet right mm -hmm. we uh you know if uh if the next, what, five states come online uh, after this vote, we'll be at 24, 25. And yeah, so then we'll barely have half of the country, not even by population, um, exposed to cannabis or recreational cannabis. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very different market and the people are very different. The material is very different. Everything's very different. So we designed it for the operators in the space. And is this a product that you are um, accepting? Like, are you selling your product to people or are they sending you their products and you create it in your facility? No, no. So my technology company is specifically just a technology company. We just build robots and sell robots. So um, we don't do any of the processing here or, or anything like that. We um, we sell it to operators and we've sold to operators uh, we started selling in around September of last year, um, this product, and we've sold them to operators all over the country and Canada as well. All right. That's exciting. Yeah. And then we developed a second product as well, which is just like a high efficiency vape cartridge filling machine. And that was kind of similar where it was a, a deep rejection of like taking products from other markets because if you look at all the vape cartridge fillers, that's what they did. They took stuff from the medical device industry for titrating and they slapped on some heaters on it and said, good to go, but it's not good to go, right? Distillate and concentrates are very sensitive. And so you have to treat them as such. Um, and so we, like, we just launched that uh, last quarter. That's awesome. So yours is specifically designed for the cannabis uh, sector. And is it... Um... I guess it's not about volume, as you mentioned earlier. That's not the appeal for you. It's about kind of maintaining the integrity of the product. Um, a little bit different on the uh, cartridge side because the vape cartridge market is extremely large, right? It's uh, so much larger than the infused pre-roll market. Mm -hmm. um, like I think infused pre-rolls are currently 35% on average of um, all the markets. And... Uh, vape cartridges are probably 40 like 30 to 40 percent of the whole market and um not just of the of a subset of a sub market so uh that one we actually designed it specifically for high throughput and high efficiency so that device by itself can do 
30,000 cartridges in a single day, like filled and capped um, with one individual as an operator at like a 0.5% uh, precision with a 0.2% uh, standard deviation of that precision. So it's, it's very, very precise. And, um, and, and that one's very different, but we also like, we didn't design it for a hundred thousand, right? We designed it to do 30,000. Cause even that, like, even though the uh, vape cartridge market demands a much higher volume, um, you know, there is still so many people that could do that. And we didn't over-design it, right? We made it specifically for the market that it is kind of today and that we probably see it becoming, and it's also modular, like the, the filling station and the capping station and the packaging station that we're coming out with later next year. Um, they're all like different things that you can buy as like your company continues to grow because you'll get efficiencies one by one, but there's no reason why you have to drop, you know, half a million dollars, you know, today or something like that. Um, and then, and then hope that it works out. Right. Yeah. I think that's crucial for, for businesses in this, in cannabis, you a lot of what I'm seeing is people have to start, you know, where they're at, start small and build up. So I appreciate that it's something that you can work toward and not have to buy all at once. Um, let's take a, a quick break to uh, acknowledge our sponsors. And when we get back, we'll dive a little deeper. Every cultivator knows that facility design can make or break your grow. So why not choose the team with over 16 years of experience in the industry? Cerna Cultivation Technologies provides floor plan and architectural services, comprehensive HVACD equipment, lighting, and benching, and so much more, all within your budget. It's time to grow your way. Go to Cerna.com, that's S-U-R-N-A.com, to learn more. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We're back with Natal, and we're talking about robotics. Um, so we were talking about how you've got another product that you've launched um, and you, you mentioned when we took a break that you're going to be at MJ Biz showcasing your your product line. Um, I think this episode's probably going to come out just after MJ Biz, but I'm looking forward to getting to see you there and kind of checking out the technology hands-on. Um, something that I know that you've written about is sort of people's fear of of robotics kind of coming into the industry and maybe displacing people. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that's, that's an unnecessary worry? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an unnecessary worry. Uh, and in the cannabis industry specifically, it's an unnecessary worry and kind of touched on some of the articles that we've written. Um, and, and one thing that I, have written on before, but I, I guess I can kind of go over here as well, is that in the cannabis industry, there's actually like a lack of labor required to do some of the manufacturing tasks. Um, I know my company up north, like we had a hard time finding people to do the jobs we needed. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a select group of people that want to sit around and package pre-rolls all day. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's not the most enjoyable task in the world, um, someone has to do it for sure. Uh, but, you know, there's not that many people that can do it for the price that makes it economically viable. Um, and and what we also see is that, uh, like, when I make a device and I sell it into a company, that company doesn't 
end up, you know, laying off, you know, 10 people or something like that, what they do is they say, great, now I have 10 more people that I don't need to like spend 50 people to hire for. Because that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't understand, um, especially during like just like business building is that when you want to look for a, an individual, you don't just hire one person to fill that role. Many times you have to hire like two or three people to fill that role because sometimes it just doesn't work out. And when it comes to manufacturing jobs, um, that becomes even more true. It As you go up on the um, kind of... Uh, difficulty scale of the position that happens less often but i mean you've even seen it like the the twitter cfo just got fired right so like the the roles are never really the same person in perpetuity they um they shift so if a business owner knows that uh, let's say we have a co-packer who's one of our clients he knows that he's gonna have um a continual hundred thousand uh cart per month order uh when he gets our machine he's not gonna say uh okay great i'm gonna fire all this staff he's gonna say okay great these two guys that were hand filling before now they can do the packaging because now i'm gonna have the extra bandwidth to take on more orders so all it does is make that company more efficient and make all of the people that are at that company have better job security because mm -hmm. then that company is going to be healthier and the healthier a company is the better job security everyone in that company has not to mention those that start working on the machine they get upskilled so they end up making more money so everyone in that ecosystem just ends up becoming better when you have automation built in i think that was beautifully illustrated that's an excellent point um, and I, frankly, I'm excited to see more of that come into it and make it more efficient. And it helps with with compliance. You've got to be within these really small standards of deviation. So I don't see it doing anything but being a helpful benefit to the space. And especially if we start looking at federal decriminalization or even legalization, um, you know, I think automation is going to be playing a bigger role for companies that that can afford it and can do it. Um, how how do you see the the future for the cannabis space? What does the production line of tomorrow look like in your eyes? Um, hmm. I guess there's the production line of tomorrow and the production line of post federal legalization tomorrow. Because mm. yeah. um, it's I think it'll look like a very different world. Um, so right now, and I think. Like, I don't see federal legalization happening within the next two years. Uh, it's definitely going to be a topic for the next presidential election. I I can even see, you can see Joe Biden like kind of teeing it up, right? So that it, it will be a thing. Like he's, it sounds like he's going to be, um, you know, the candidate for legalization, which is weird because a lot of Republican senators are also for legalization but then i guess the republican candidate is going to be against it or maybe they're both going to be for it in some way like i don't know maybe it'll uh they'll be unified in like saying that this is going to be a thing and they'll be you know removed if they're not if they're not on the same page um so sometimes that happens right but uh duty is not in the next two years sometime in the next three to five years right um and when that happens everything will change. So let's say between now and five years, what I think it's going to look like. 
what I think it's going to look like now is we're still going to be uh, building small batch automation, kind of what I'm building, um, what some of my friends are building, uh, really servicing individual markets and servicing automation that doesn't over-engineer that market. So that's what it's going to look like. You're going to have um, small stations of automation. You're going to have uh, highly skilled labor that will be manning those stations and then uh, packaging stations that will be working in tandem with people, not fully automated. There'll still be people in the loop to kind of maintain quality. Um, and a lot of that becomes very necessary when the packaging and the inputs are dynamic and change. And if you look at automation um, in the food industry, it's making potato chips that have been the same for the past 100 years, right? But live rosin kind of just got invented like three years ago or two years ago, right? Uh, like people were fresh pressing rosin, you know, by hand or whatever. But, you know, they haven't really started bringing it to market till maybe two years ago, like was kind of the first groups. And then maybe 18 months ago, it started like really kind of picking up a little bit. Um, and then a year ago, it was like, okay, cool. Like everyone's using rosin now. It's just incredibly expensive. And now rosin prices are coming down. So it's becoming more prolific. And I talk about rosin just because that's the evolution of the product uh, you know, mix in cannabis and it's not settled yet. It's no one really knows like what is, is there going to be another product? Like are the extractors going to come up with something else? Like, like after that, everything changes, right? The material handling changes, the product lineups change, the packaging changes. Mm -hmm. And so as a automation provider, you have to build something that is very dynamic because the industry is still dynamic. And if you try to make everyone you know, put their round hole, their like round balls in your square holes, it's like not going to work. Um, so things are going to be very flexible, uh, at least for the next three to five years. And then once you get federal legalization, there'll be a lot of experimentation for the next five years. And then probably during federal legalization, a lot of that will probably slow down dramatically because mm -hmm. you'll probably have the FDA get involved. And then once the FDA get in, gets involved, they're going to impose a lot of strict, uh, you know, product development cycles, the way they do with drugs. Um, and like, it's going to take a lot longer for things to come to market. Like, you're mm -hmm. not going to be able to have a guy do like diamonds and terp sauce just because he thought it was dope. Right. <laughs> like now you can do that. Right. That's um, a great point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so once that happens, things will become a lot more standardized. Packaging will become a lot more standardized. Uh, the way people see products will be a lot more standardized. And then you'll see uh, also consolidation of manufacturing. Maybe not mass consolidation of manufacturing, because that will just take a very long time. But you'll start to see it slowly dwindle down where um, some of the bigger manufacturers will start actually co-packing as well. And then they'll need full lines that are automated. And then probably five years after legalization, you'll start to see, you know, the Coca-Cola bottling plants of cannabis. And that's where companies like myself will come in. In that like federal legalization to five year mark, we'll be providing every single line of the manufacturing and be able to stitch them all together 
to make an automated manufacturing line and start building out these bottling plants of cannabis for the future. Wow. That's a really insightful um, overview, I think, for people and some points in there that I hadn't considered. So I appreciate your um, insight to that. Where can uh, where can our listeners go to kind of keep following your work and learn more about what you're doing? The best place is just to go to our website, sortingrobotics.com, and there's a get in touch with us form. And I really like people reaching out there first because when they reach out there, kind of me and my whole team sees it. And I kind of vigorously look at the website lead form uh, just to see who wants to get in contact with us. And so I think that is like the best way to get in contact with me directly. Um, I'm not really on Twitter, uh, so <laughs> that would probably be what I guess other people throw out. Uh, but no, I think that that's the best way to get in contact to see what we're doing uh, with all of our different products. Awesome. Well, I know I learned a lot. Um, and for our listeners, if if you want to learn more about emerging cannabis technology, be sure to subscribe to Cannabis Tech Talks. We're on Apple, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also grab the latest issue of Cannabis and Tech Today on Barnes & Noble newsstands across the country, or grab a copy for free on canatechtoday.com. Until next time, uh, I really enjoyed speaking with you, Natal. And to our listeners out there, stay elevated. Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Wait, you didn't think people would know who I am? Durachill. Uh, this is Durachill. This is Durachill. This is Durachill. No, hey, I don't talk like that. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. You can't go wrong.